Hello, Masters in the Making. I'm your host, Mike Miller, and I want to welcome you to Simple Self Mastery. Simple Self Mastery is a self-help podcast dedicated to giving you the best in health, wealth, love, happiness, and a little peace of mind every single week. I'm excited and honored to welcome our guest today, Antia Boyd. Antia Boyd struggled for years with fear, wasting time, and attracting emotionally unavailable men before, le- before she finally broke through, hired a dating coach, and met her strong, loving, and supportive husband. She has now helped thousands of elite and celebrity women all over the world to start magnetizing the man for them to share their life with and have a long, loving relationship quickly without luck- lack of trust, poor communication, or old issues getting in the way for over 12-plus years. Antia, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Absolutely is my pleasure. And before we continue, is there anything you want to add to spice up that intro? Uh, to spice up the intro? Yeah, I mean, it's been just really a pleasure to be a speaker all over the world. You know, we've spoken in, in Costa Rica, at Harvard, and Google. And so that this those topics are so relevant, uh, specifically to, to your audience, um, because they are sort of in that in those arenas. So it's not necessarily just just about dating coaching itself. It can also be applied to you know the work environment, and because we have relationships everywhere. Right, absolutely. You know, wherever we go, and all the work that we tend to do in the world is based on relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think paying more attention to that is such a, a key part of growing as an individual and as a group. And so I'm excited to dive into that and. You know, Antio, where focus goes, energy flows. For you, where is your energy going right now in the work that you do? Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, right now, I'm actually building, well, we're launching next month a, a summit with 35 of world-class love experts in the field to really help single successful women who struggle with trust issues, attracting emotionally unavailable men, you know, really understand how to communicate with men. Believe it or not, women oftentimes don't know how to communicate with men. Um, but also things like online dating, how to set up the right profile. Is that the way they want to go with matchmakers or also creating polarity, right? Really having actually a man be attracted to you because oftentimes those men are not attracted to the women because the women are in what we call the masculine. So the man's like, well, I'm already masculine. I don't need a second masculinity. I need a feminine feminine person, right, that complements me. So that's what we're focusing on right now. And we're crazy, crazy excited about it. It's going to go out to a million single women all over the world. And it's going to have a huge impact. Wow. And what is that summit called? That's fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah. The Magnetize the Man Summit. Um, for single successful women, yeah, amazing. That's so cool. And just I want you know I want to pull out a couple things you mentioned there, and dive into those. And one of those things that struck me was communication between mm-hmm. the feminine and masculine, or or man to woman, or woman to man, vice versa. How can we kind of dive into that? Can you kind of break that down for us? Oh yeah, totally. So um, Alison Armstrong, who's called the Corey Fane industry, you know, she always says that women sometimes think that men uh, are hairy women. And, uh, and that's just not true, meaning like that we assume that men think the same way that women do. And they simply don't, right? So to give you an example, so men need transition time. So we women can be in many different places at the same time, while men 
they focus on one thing, the more masculine a man is, right? So I would say that too. The more masculine a man is, the more single-focused he will be, meaning, let's say he's working on something, right? And so when she walks in and says, hey, honey, can, do you have a minute or whatever, right? He's literally like, it, it's going to be really, really hard for him, and he's going to be really irritated because he can't be in two places at the same time. So she needs to really understand, number one, that he needs the transition, right? That she can maybe sure. check in with him and say, Hey, honey, you know, there's something I would love to tell you. When is good for you, for example, right? And he's like, you know what, honey, um, let's talk in an hour. I mean, with my husband and I, he literally says we can talk now, but you won't have my attention because I'm not focusing on that right now, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like a major thing for men and women where things go south because women think, oh, he's not interested or he doesn't care, right? And that's simply not true if he's a masculine man, right? Again, the more feminine he goes, the more the more he can focus on other areas as well. Sure. So that's one piece. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that because I think a lot of times, you know, speaking from um, kind of the masculine energy, if you will, I know I tend to be super hyper-focused. And when people are trying to get my attention, it's hard for me to pay them that attention fully, um, yeah. you know. And so also something that, you mentioned earlier, which is a great kind of segue into my next uh, point, is the idea of that polarity between that masculine and the feminine and how you, you work with a lot of women who struggle to really find that polarity and that balance um, with the men they're looking for and trying to date. Can you kind of dive into that? Because I know from experience that it is kind of tough to really gauge your polarity. Can you kind of uh, give us a little bit of that? Yeah, of course, of course. So yeah, I mean, um, oftentimes, so how do I know when a woman comes to me that, that she has polarity struggles is because she will say, I connect with men, but they're just not attracted to me, right? It's, you know, we have like a mental connection and we have this connection, that connection, but just a physical attraction is not there. Um, and so that's like number one. And so part of what those women, what we really like gently moving into is really that fear of losing control or giving up control. Because what happened in their past is that the moment they were vulnerable, you know, that when they're what we call the inner girl archetype, you know, some traumatic experience happened, right? Or they also were fed the masculine. So let's say they had a, a dad who was really like uh, pushing them to be an entrepreneur or to be successful, to achieving, right? Because those are all what we call masculine attributes, right? Um, so it's more about like I'm being celebrated for my achievements, but not just for my beingness or for my playfulness, right? So the women are literally are terrified to give up that control because they think, gosh, if I give that up, then I'm not valuable because mm -hmm. in the past, I wasn't valuable. I wasn't valuable to my mom or my dad when I didn't produce, right? When I didn't achieve. Um, and unfortunately, that's more coming from a competitive realm, right? So the masculine lives more in a competitive realm. The feminine lives more in a collaborative realm, right? So, um, so she loses oftentimes connections with herself. Outside approval is very important to her, right? But unfortunately, her intrinsical self-esteem is actually very small. And oftentimes those women have an internal anxiety that comes out when once like the external self-esteem falls away, right? Once the external accolades fall away. So that's like a tender journey to walk them into 
the feminine and trusting the feminine, leaning into uncertainty because the masculine looks for the certainty, the structure, right? right. The drive, it's dynamic, right? The feminine is receptive, right? The feminine takes it slow. The feminine is the unknown and the uncertainty. And, and so when the women are in their masculine, they're oftentimes resisting the feminine because how can you achieve something if you don't know where you are, right? You need to know everything, right? That's what they tell themselves. I can't be in a place where I don't know something. So some major struggles that those successful women have. They're really achieved. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's, that's very interesting because I think a lot of times that 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 competitive nature is so ingrained, especially in kind of the social media world that we live in. It's like everyone's hustle, hustle, hustle. And it, there's a very fast paced, um, I would say vibe to everything. And so really slowing down and accessing that is such a, a powerful way to go about it. And for you on your journey, Asia, like I know you had struggled for years with a lot of different disempowering emotions, when did you finally reach that breakthrough moment? Can you kind of take us to that point in your journey? Oh, absolutely. Well, so everything started in case, you know, the listeners wonder. I grew up in Eastern Germany to an emotionally absent mother. And so what we do when we have an experience with a parent, we create a coping mechanism. Because ultimately, we all want love, right? So all I wanted was love, but my mom said, don't bother me. So my coping mechanism was I made sure I don't need anyone. I made sure I'm misindependent, get all my A's and all of that. But what it translated into, as you can imagine, attracting a lot of men into my life who also made me feel like, don't bother me, right? Also known as the emotionally unavailable men. And I didn't find that out until I left Germany and went to UC Berkeley and really understand attachment theory. That's what I studied there. And but I understand that I was the anxious attachment style when I'm working with uh, the women that I work with are the same type. And what that means is I was really living in future anticipation land, right? Um, I was making men something that they were not. And they didn't even know that I was making them a certain way, that I was putting them on a pedestal, that I had all those expectations of them, right? So I was like just busy from like putting people on a pedestal and then resenting them. So there was nothing in between. Um, and so my journey really consisted of taking lots of workshops, you know, um, on masculine feminine dynamic, understanding man, stepping into your femininity. I mean, anything that you can imagine under the sun and in that process, well, I actually helped several women through that process to find the right partner for them. But for me, I really learned that it wasn't about doing this because remember, I was the same way. I got achieved. I'm independent, yeah. right? So it's all about, okay, I took like millions of workshops, you know, the more the better. And, uh, and, um, but what the thing was for me was when I hired um, a coach, because I realized, gosh, I help everyone else, but I can't seem to help myself was that my beingness, my energy that I was exuding out into the world was still masculine. And by the way, it was also still resentful too. So, I mean, what kind of man wants to come up to me, um, to a woman who's resenting them already? without even having met them, sure. right? Like probably not that bad, you know, if they love themselves, right? They're like, mm-hmm. I want someone where I'm being loved. And so, um, yeah, I was really in this place of like having to break through what I call my vulnerability thresholds. 
and and just really allowing myself to be angry. I never allowed myself to be really angry. And I also never really allowed myself to be sad because I shoved all of that away. Wasn't useful, right, in my achieving career. Sure. So that was the two biggest pieces, right? When I was willing to experience the range of my emotions. I always say, why would you settle for one color if you can be the whole rainbow, right? We're the whole rainbow, all of the emotions, right? All of it. There's no good or bad. Um, Literally just a couple months later, I met my husband, Brody. And not only that, but he told me the first night that we met that I'm the girl of his story that he created for himself for years. Wow. That is so powerful. Wow. And that, you know, and, and there's a couple of things you mentioned there that really struck out to me was the the idea of that attachment theory and how that played into into the dynamic of your relationships, as well as reaching that vulnerability threshold. Um, mm-hmm. And so, people listening who can relate to maybe having an anxious attachment style and haven't yet been able to feel the full range of their emotions, like what's one thing they can do to help move into that? So I think the biggest piece is so often what I see is like women say something like sad or uncomfortable and then afterwards they laugh, right? They're like, <laughs> you know, say, well, curious, like what, what made you just laugh? Because it wasn't necessarily funny, right? Sure. And like, well, you know, I'm just kind of making light of it. And, and so what I see is like, you know, those women are really deflecting their true emotions. So I can already feel, oh, there's some sadness there, right? And they don't want to feel that. So what if you just said, you know, my mom was never there for me and take a breath instead, instead of laughing, just like, that was uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Like even you can say that was uncomfortable, right? You can give it some expression, but like make sure that it's congruent versus like laughing about it or making a joke about it, right? Or deflecting it. So that's like number one. Is really understanding. You don't have to understand what emotion because chances are you will not know what emotion is underneath because you have not even connected at that level with yourself. But you will feel that there is something else there that's underneath the laughter, that's right. under that joke or that sarcasm, right? It's oftentimes more a sarcasm, not like this heartfelt laughter. Right. Yeah, I know a lot of times we all tend to joke and try to make light of the situation when, when in reality what we're saying is reality, is the truth. And wow. um, and so I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. For, for people listening who may be kind of on the reverse end of things where mm-hmm. they are being emotionally unavailable, yeah. um, what can they do to help make themselves more open and available? I mean, applaud to you if you get to that point, because if you're an emotionally avoidant person, like you definitely, you feel like you don't have a responsibility to somebody else. Like you're just, everybody's in it for themselves, right? And um, so I really applaud you if you're at that point where you want to shift something. Understand that intimacy for you means danger and you want to move away from it. So for you, it's just like take one step. Share something that's uncomfortable to share. It doesn't have to be something big. Maybe just that you feel uncomfortable in that moment, right? It doesn't have to be your biggest secret. And and so take time to slowly take small, slow steps towards intimacy. And you can always step back, right? But stay in communication with that person. Like when I met my husband, I knew that he was a recovered 
avoid attachment style. So I knew he had like those moments where he asked me out on a date and I was like, that was a, that was, a, you asked me out on a date because all he did was mentioning where he was going and that was his invitation to me. Right. So just, just being communication with and be aware that you have this part inside of you that wants to, wants you to stay away from people that wants you to stay away from another person and certainly from another person depending on you. So the biggest thing here is definitely to communicate with the other person where you're at and that you need and that you need a lot of time and that you need space, that you need space that you need your independence. And if it's a secure attachment style or an anxious that has really worked on herself, like I did, right? Like I took a step, um, I actually took a stand for my husband's part that wants to be independent in the marriage, right? And so what that looks like is I support him. If he wants to go somewhere, um, same with me, uh, independently. We don't need to do right. every single thing together. Right. And so at what stage in your relationship, maybe for you or just in a relationship in general, should these communi- should this communication kind of be made known, especially when, when dealing with attachment styles? I love this question so much. I hear this all the time. So, you know, obviously you're not on the first date, right? You're not going right. to. So what I would do is um, you can just like share like something. You, you can just say, just learn to be vulnerable, right? So let's say maybe you got somewhere and, you know, oh, I just got here from my office and just share something that's real for you. Just something vulnerable, right? Obviously, you're not going to say what your deepest, darkest shadows are. But I would say like slowly kind of like work your way into into sharing more and more and more, right? And then also see what's coming back from the other person. Because of course it's important for you to feel safe, right? I will not ask you to continue to share if the other person doesn't share, right? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a two-way street. But what I would do is, and I always recommend this to my clients, is really like share something that's, that's true for you and maybe that's even uncomfortable and then, and then ask the other person, what about you? What's your opinion on that, right? So you kind of open it up, but you go first. So that way, it's you can see if it's a two-way street, but you also make the other person feel comfortable, and you open up that realm, right? You open up that frame, so to say, and at which you have the connection. So yeah, so that's what I would say, you know. And and then it will naturally, it will naturally be an authentic relationship, right? So if you have something deeper to share, I don't know that you have kids or that you're divorced or whatever it is, right? Definitely don't share that you're divorced on the first date. It's way too heavy or any of this kind of kind of conversations, right? Um, or whatever it is that you want to share. But I would definitely say when you feel like sometimes there are spaces and moments when nobody talks. Yeah. And these are the moments where, you know, I always say like this higher self, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, is like giving you this opportunity. Now would be good to create more connection and more trust with this person. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that because that's such an important um, thing to keep in mind when going about just communicating in general because I think a lot of times we, we miss those opportunities and choose not to really dive into that higher self. And so, Antia, we're approaching home plate here. Are you ready for the moment of mastery where you can share tips, resources, and insights directly to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. What is one daily habit that contributes to your personal success? 
Oh, wow. I do a whole morning routine, yoga, affirmations, meditation, activation. So I have like a whole routine that I do to set my container. And I really recommend that for every single person. And when you go about that, so how long, I have a couple of questions in regarding that. How long does your routine usually last? And do you have a particular order of how you like to do things? Yeah, so it's basically like an accordion effect, right? So if it's Sunday, it can take up to three hours, right? I can really stretch this. Um, but if I have, you know, usually on a daily basis, probably more like an hour or so, you know, um, and it's really, really important to do that. Yeah, so about an hour, I would say. Gotcha. Yeah, because I've been recently kind of messing around with some morning routines. And I think an hour is a nice sweet spot to really get your day going and get you primed for the rest of the uh, the, the remaining day. Um, yeah. And so when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, you know, how do you approach that? What do you do? Uh, it depends on calling a girlfriend, um, do a good screaming into my pillow. No, I really do that. Um, we call it like an awakening session oh, wow. um, and just really kick and scream because oftentimes when I feel overwhelmed, I'm in anger, like I'm in frustration, right? So I need to move the energy so I have space again inside of myself so I can create again. Interesting. And what, and what do you call that? The... Um, yeah, we actually learned it from, uh, from someone else, but it's called awakening session. Oh, cool. So basically you're, you're awakening your body again. You, know, can call, you can call it a reconnection session, whatever you want to call it, you know, as long as you call it something, as long as you do it. Um, but my husband will ask me anyway. So it's like, do you need a waking session? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, so. right. <laughs> awesome. And what is one simple action our listeners can take right now, wherever they are to jumpstart their success in their own relationships? In their own relationships, you know, what first comes to mind is really tell the truth. Like, so let's say, even if you just have a girlfriend or a buddy, you know, just like, Hey dude, you know, I told you I was. You know, I was not feeling so well, but I didn't say why it was or whatever. So find like one one way how you can go deeper with your existing relationships. Gotcha. And what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that have greatly impacted your life? Oh, my God. There's so many. So I love Miracle Morning. Ta-da. This is all about morning routines right yeah um also for the ones who really were leaning in um attached by dr amir levine just incredible book breaks it all down how your attachment styles play out in relationships and the book that we're giving away to our clients all the time is called the gift of imperfection by Brene brown awesome yeah what we're going to do is we're going to put some links to those books in the show notes page of today's episode for anyone interested I know I'm going to kind of dive deeper into that to learn more myself. So we'll be sure to list those on the page. And, and I, have one, I have one more book yeah, that, please. that's my absolute favorite, my personal favorite. It's called The Possible Human by Dr. Gene Houston. Like exactly like the Texas uh, city, Houston. Awesome. Uh, that's absolutely incredible because it really teaches us how we can expand our creative capacities and um, faculties inside of ourselves. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love reading and hearing those books from you is uh, a terrific resource for anyone interested, myself included, mm -hmm. in learning more about that. And mm -hmm. finally, Antia, where is the best place our listeners can go to learn more about you and what you do? 
yeah, to, to learn more. And I also have a free session for those who are really interested in that is go to magnetizetheman.com. Magnetizetheman.com. Or if you're a man, because there's also men on there too, right? Go to winthewoman.com. Awesome. Masters in the making. Go check out Antia and her sites and go check out symbolselfmastery.com. Type in Antia's name in the search. It'll shoot you over to the show notes page of today's podcast for links, resources, timestamps, and overview of what Antia and I discussed today. Antia, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with all of us here at Simple Self Mastery. You mastered the making sure a ton of value. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's episode of Simple Self Mastery, please show your support by subscribing, leave a five-star rating, and a review. It is my honor and privilege to provide you with high-value, free content five days a week, and I'd be humbled by your support. Keep learning, keep listening, and keep working towards your own personal self-mastery. Thanks, and we'll catch you later.